Welcome back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Join me tonight, we got Rob. Hey, everybody, it's Rob. And we got special guest, Ryan. And we got Donnie. Hello. Uh, okay, so um, um, Ryan said something right before I hit record. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the possible changes coming to uh, D&D with the introduction to what's this? The one D&D stuff? One D&D. Now, if you I mean, if you want you can go if you have a a D&D Beyond account uh, you can go and you can sign up for their playtest thing and you, like I've downloaded their PDF that that shows some some changes for character origins things, um, and just from what I've read and from from some of the stuff that you know I've heard um, elsewhere. I I mean I'm glad that a lo- I'm glad that everything is optional in D and I'm glad that they're not just changing the edition and changing the rules, saying these are now what you have to follow. Um, some of the things I don't think are, are terrible. Um, some of the things I think are God awful. And, uh, I'm curious to see what, see what Ryan says. Me and him are going to disagree on, uh, you said it was going to be right at the beginning. So I'm assuming it's one of the first things we, uh, we can discuss here. Yeah. Well, what is it? Uh, well, um, it has to do with taking ability score improvements off of the races and putting them on the backgrounds. Right. I did read something about that. But based off of what I read as well, the... Oh, yeah. It is just simply taking it straight off the race, huh? Yeah. So, um... Just a bit of context for anybody who's unfamiliar. In this system, feats have been re-tiered. So there are first-level feats. Presumably, there's going to be second-level feats, third-level feats. Not character-level, but like a tree. Um, So every character using this system starts with a feat just natively. Humans end up with two, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But um, that's important to note that everybody gets a feat. The level one feats don't provide a stat bonus, um, but backgrounds now provide your stat bonus. But I think the part that I'm going to try to convince Webby is a good idea, is that I think the races... 
still have features that set them apart. Uh, I mean, you're you're not going to get an argument from me on that part. Uh, I do agree that uh, you know through my my skimming I did the other day, uh, the the races, like you said, they do they do feel innately different from one another. Uh, I mean, hey, I don't know. Maybe you can sell me on this. I, I mean, I guess it all depends. Um, well, you know, because I, and anybody feel free to chime in, but I, I know that your one big thing about the last change that they made, where they redid all the base class, or the races, and now they're the legacy races. Right. You felt that, you know, oh, a dwarf is just innately stronger. They would have the plus two con or whatever. But maybe that's now been replaced with a feature that just says, like, you know. Right. You, they, they did actually get something, assuming that a crafting system is part of this redo. But, um, yeah. Well, I mean, let's uh, let's go through and talk about it then. Uh, starting with some of the changes uh, on let's let's talk let's continue on the race the race thing. <clears throat> uh, let me bring this over to my main monitor so I can read it easier. But like, I don't I don't know. Like, at, to some degree, I agree with some of the things being part of the background instead of the race. But, like, are you telling me that a freaking Goliath who's over eight feet is not going to be innately stronger than an elf who's, like, delicate and... It, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel that. I don't think Goliaths are even here on this document yet, but... Um, <clears throat> I get that. And I don't super have an explanation for you as far as that goes, but presumably, well, they do have they do have that feature, right? Goliaths, where they they're treated as bigger for the purposes of uh, yeah, one size larger when when carrying and push pulling and lifting. They also have the... yeah. So your Goliath could have a strength of like nine. And then you know can lift a billion pounds. Doesn't so, make any fucking sense. Well, I, not a billion. You're just counted as one size category larger, which just multiplies off of your strength score. Yeah, I mean, if you had a strength of three, you're still you going to be weak. Yeah, you can't lift anything. But as a Goliath, you'll be able to lift twice as much of nothing, basically. Yeah. But you'll be better at it. I mean, I, I get it, and it's kind of a think it's kind of just a thing that you have to figure out it is definitely going to be something that needs to be tested yes uh you know things things always appear one way on paper and they might not necessarily appear that way in practice um so once again all the a lot of the information that we're going to be talking about this episode is going to be is on the character origins unearthed arcana released by uh, Wizards of the Coast, uh, written down by Jeremy Crawford, uh, Christopher Perkins, and Ray Winnegar. Um, I'm going to put a little caveat on the top of this. I'm going to read this little 
box that they have. This is playtest material. Uh, this article is presented for playtesting and feedback. This is D&D. This D&D material is in draft form, usable in your D&D campaigns, but not refined by full game development and editing. Uh, it isn't officially part of the game. Uh, and then they have a little feedback thing. The best way for you to give us feedback on this material is in the survey we'll release on D&D Beyond. I believe they're doing that on September 1st. Uh, if we decide to make this material official, it will be refined based on your feedback, and then it will and then it will appear in a D and D book. And again, moving forward, as long as they keep, as long as Wizards keeps Fifth Edition and the things that they keep adding to it as optional, then it's not going to directly like shackle your dms uh because again there are a couple things that i know i'm going to end up mentioning later on that rob had mentioned that uh will never be a rule at my tabletop ever um the feeling i know it's fun so moving forward with that uh talking about the human races Yep. So we have human traits, creature type humanoid, size medium, about four to seven feet tall, or small, about two to four feet tall, chosen when you select this race. Speed, 30 feet, lifespan, 80 years on average. As a human, you have this, these special traits. Resourceful, you gain inspiration whenever you finish a long rest. Skillful. You gain proficiency in one skill of your choice. And versatile. You gain the skilled feat or another first level feat of your choice. So essentially that's that's pretty much the same thing as variant human. You're getting a feat of your choice. They recommend the skilled feat, but it's, you know, as a base. But you're able to choose one additional, you know, one feat other than skilled. So by the looks of it, this isn't, unless I'm reading it wrong, you're not adding an additional feat to this. You just have well, an option. The thing, the thing is that backgrounds now give you feats. Right. So I believe that the uh, human will end up with two trying to see i don't think the different well those are ardlings anyway um i don't even know what an ardling is uh it's like it's a human kind of um a human kind of asimar oh okay yeah they're meant to like exist alongside each other they said um so well, let's cut back to the human real quick. Other than the size category of having an option to be small. Right. Uh, and I, and I like the, that. The resourceful thing of gaining inspiration. I like the idea of actually instituting a way to gain inspiration mechanically. Uh, I believe Rob said earlier, like before we started recording, I, as a DM, I always forget to give out inspiration. Um. And it's a useful thing to have. So as a human, you're getting one every single long rest. Um, 
for those of you who don't know what inspiration does, inspiration just gives you advantage on a roll of your choosing. Uh, they call them a D20 test now. At the same time, though, I feel like the whole thing is a nerf to the human race, because currently you can have any feat you want as a human. Well, but now it's like they're locked behind tier. Well, yeah, but you're allowed to have any first level feat of your choice. Yeah, which is not every feat that you could choose from as before, so it That's is a nerf. True. There is a list at the bottom. It's about 10 or 11, I think. But, I mean... So what people were saying, I, I was briefly skimming, there's a, a Reddit, a subreddit for 1D&D, and I was briefly skimming, and people were upset that this system is a nerf to min-maxers. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I can you see can't that. take Great Weapon Master at level 1, like, you know, one of my characters did, and I kind of feel bad about it, because I'm kind of just going through combat slapping the shit out of people. <laughs> like, right. you know, it feels a little lopsided, so maybe that's a good thing, but, you know, it's all optional. You can just, as the DM, choose that this says you gain a feat. Right. Um, I, I do feel, and, and, and I do agree with you, Rob, uh, when I, I remember when I read through this, there were several things where I felt like Okay, this sounds like a nerf to me. Uh, and then there were other things, like we will get to it. Uh, the Lucky Feet in particular stood out to me. Um, already the Lucky Feet is one of the more powerful feats in D&D, in my opinion. Uh, and I feel like they gave it a, a buff in this, uh, oddly enough. Uh, but let's get through this. We're gonna we're gonna go into Ardlings now. Uh, creature type humanoid, size medium, about four to seven feet tall or small, about three to four feet tall, chosen when you select the race. Speed thirty, lifespan two hundred years on average. As an Ardling, you have these special traits. You have angelic flight. As a bonus action, you sprout spectral wings for a moment. And fly up to a number of feet equal to your speed. If you're in the air at the end of this movement, you fall if nothing is holding you aloft. You can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. You also gain Celestial Legacy. You are the recipient of a Celestial Legacy that grants you magical abilities. Choose a, le a Legacy from the Celestial Legacy's table. Exalted associated uh, with a chaotic good planes, heavenly associated with lawful good planes, or idyllic associated with neutral good planes. Um, you gain the initial benefit of the chosen legacy, a cantrip that you can learn. You also choose the animal you most closely resemble. Uh, the table provides a few suggestions for your legate for each legacy. You don't gain wings by choosing an animal that can fly. Starting at third level, and again at fifth, you gain the ability to cast a higher level spell with this trait, as shown on the table. Once you cast the spell with this trait, you can't cast that spell uh, with it again until you finish a long rest. However, you can cast the spell using any spell slots that you have of the appropriate level. 
Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma is your spellcasting ability for these spells, uh, for the spells that you cast with this trait. So, Exalted, your suggested animals are things like cats, eagles, goats, and mules. First level, you learn Thaumaturgy Cantrip. Third level, you learn Divine Favor. And fifth level, fifth level you learn Lesser Restoration. Um, Heavenly, your suggested animals are elephants, owls, pigs, and storks. You learn the Light Cantrip. Third level, you learn Cure Wounds. Fifth level, Zone of Truth. And Idyllic, suggested animals, bear, dog, raven, and toad. First level, you learn Guidance Cantrip. Third level, Healing Word. And fifth level, Animal Messenger. Finally, uh, as part of being an Ardling, you get damage resistance. You have resistance to radiant damage. I mean, that's quite a bit for... I guess just a a, a race. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you get similar things for Asimar. Yeah. Um. I mean, guidance at level one is pretty uh pretty nice if you're not one of those classes. Right. Uh, Dragonborn doesn't seem to have changed too much, in my opinion. That's the next race on this list. And by all means, if you if you have a comment or a question or, or anything on any of these races as I'm moving through them, just stop me so we can discuss. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to keep reading through the races because there's quite a bit here. Um, Dragonborn, Humanoid. Your size is medium, about 5 to 7 feet tall. There is no small option for Dragonborns. Speed, 30. Lifespan, 80 years on average. And you have these special traits. Draconic Ancestry. Your lineage stems from a dragon progenitor. Uh, choose the type of dragon from the Draconic Ancestors table. Uh, your your choice affects your breath weapon and damage resistance traits. The chosen dragon also affects your appearance, uh, with you displaying coloration and other features reminiscent of that dragon. <coughs> uh, it's the same. Black dragons, acid, blue lightning, brass fire, bronze lightning, copper, acid, gold, fire, green poison, red fire, silver, cold, and white cold. Uh, you have your breath weapon that's associated with the color that you choose. So as an action, you exhale destructive energy in a 15-foot cone. Uh, each creature in that area must make a dex save uh, against the DC equal to 8 plus your constitution modifier plus your proficiency bonus. On a failed save, the creature takes 1d10 plus your character level in damage of that type determined by your ancestry trait. On a success, the creature takes half as much damage. Uh, you can use this breath weapon a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. That's where the change is, the breath weapon. Yeah. Um, damage resistance, you have resistance to the type, you have dark vision out to a range of 60 feet, and you get draconic language, which you instinctively know the language of dragons. You can therefore speak, read, and write draconic. Um... So this is a buff to breath weapon, kind of? Yeah, it ups the damage, right? 
Yeah, because right now it's 2d6 and then it upgrades to 3d6, 4d6, 5d6. But this would be 1d10 plus 20 potentially. So right. uh, about the same damage, but probably more consistent. Right. Um, currently, is there a cap on how often you can use it? Uh, once <laughs> until you sleep or t- take a short rest. All right, so they're they're removing the short rest, but they're allowing you to uh, use it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. So as you level, you can use it more often uh, between long rests. If that makes sense. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I will say Dragonborn seems like they're just gaining a buff. <clears throat> um, dwarf... Uh, I'm glad to see at least the the phrasing of something that they used to have in second edition. Uh, but we'll let's see creature type humanoid size medium about four to five feet tall. Oddly enough, no small size for dwarfs. Uh, speed thirty feet, lifespan three hundred and fifty years on average. And as a dwarf, you gain these special traits: dark vision out to sixty feet. Dwarven. Wait, wait, wait. What? So you can be a small human, but not a small dwarf? Uh-huh. I think uh, that is being inclusive of little people. And I guess that biologically doesn't occur in dwarves? I, I don't know. I'm not a fantasy scientist. Yeah. I, I, I'm in, Instantly, but, I, mean, I thought it weird. was slightly odd, but... I would just blanket apply that to everything that there can be small versions of of pretty much yeah. any any race. Pretty much, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so dwarves gain dark vision out to sixty feet. They have dwarven resilience. You have resistance to poison damage. You also have advantage on saving throws you make to avoid or end the poison condition on yourself. You have Dwarven Toughness. Your hit point maximum increases by one, and it increases by one again whenever you gain a level. You have Forge Wise. Your Divine Creator gave you an uncanny affinity for working with stone or metal. You gain Tool Proficiency with two of the following options of your choice. Jeweler's Tools, Mason's Tools, Smith Tools, or Tinker's Tools. And then you get Stone Cunning, which is used to be a second edition thing uh but as a bonus action you gain tremor sense with a range of 60 feet or for 10 minutes you must be on a stone surface or touching such a surface uh to use this tremor sense the stone can be natural or worked you can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So to answer that question, any questions on that tremor sense usually is just a ground, you know, feeling vibrations in the ground. This specifically has to be done on stone. It cannot be done on like dirt or soil. Um, if I remember correctly, the second edition one dwarves, I don't really remember any direct usefulness for this, but they used to be able to tell you on a stone surface the degree of incline or decline. I can see uh, finding invisible enemies on stone, potentially, when they move. Yeah. I mean, using the tremor sense, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I'm talking about like the old school second edition one where you just you can know the incline or decline of of any stone surface. Useful. Uh so um, I mean, I, I, I like the crafting focus. I like the toughness of, of yeah. the earth thing. Uh, that you know, it does it. It does give you that iconic, you know, kind of Gimli esque dwarf. You know, where they can just take a little extra of a beating. Um, <clears throat> Donna, you've been awfully quiet. What do you think about some of these? I think we need a small dwarf. Okay, so you're on but, the small uh, thing as well. The Dwarven Toughness <laughs> was already a thing for one of the sub-races, right? I'm pretty sure it was. The uh, Hill Dwarf, yes. Yeah. That, that stacking with Tough, that sounds fun to me. Yeah. Play a big, beefy Dwarf boy. Yep. Uh, right, I like it. Other than the small, without, other than the not having a small section for the Dwarves, uh, do you, do you like or dislike any particular thing on this for the dwarf? Really? Alright. Well, let's get on to Donnie's favorite. We're going to talk about the elves for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, elf traits. Creature type, you are humanoid. Size, medium, about 5 to 6 feet tall. Also not a small option. Speed, 30 feet. Lifespan, 750 years on average. As an elf, you gain these special traits. Dark vision out to 60 feet. Elven lineage. You are part of an elven lineage that grants you supernatural abilities. Choose a lineage from the elven lineage's table. Drow, drow, the lineage of the Underdark, High Elf, the lineage of the Fey Crossings, and other magical locations. Or Wood Elf, the lineage of Primeval Forests. You gain the first level benefit of that lineage. Starting at third level and again at fifth level, you also gain the ability to cast a spell with this trait. Once you cast the spell with this trait, you can't cast the spell again until you finish a long rest. However, you can cast the spell using any spell slots that you have of the appropriate level. Intelligence, Wisdom, Charisma are your spell casting abilities. Uh, modifiers for this. Um... I guess let's go into the elven lineages real quick. Drow, first level, the range of your dark vision increases to 120 feet. You also know the Dancing Lights cantrip. Uh, Third level, you get Fairy Fire and fifth level Darkness for spells. High Elf, you know the Prestidigitation cantrip. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can replace that cantrip with a different cantrip from the Arcane spell list. Third level, you learn Detect Magic. Fifth level, Misty Step. Wood Elf, your speed is increased to 35 feet. You also know the Druidcraft cantrip. Third level, you learn Long Strider. And fifth level, you learn Pass Without a Trace. Uh, You also get Fey Ancestry. You have advantage on saving throws you make to avoid or end the Charmed condition on yourself. You have Keen Senses. You have a proficiency in the Perception skill. And you have trance. You don't need to sleep, and magic can't put you to sleep. You can finish a long rest in four hours if you spend those hours in a trance-like meditation during which you retain consciousness. Well, uh, one thing that stands out to me as strange, I guess it's not, it's not terrible, but it's just 
odd. Uh, so Drow increases your dark vision out to 120 feet, but then they give you the Dancing Lights cantrip. Right. So, I mean... Just if you're afraid of the dark. It's one of those things where it's like, you don't need light to see, but we're going to give you a source of light for a cantrip. Right. Yeah, I don't... That doesn't sit well. No, I mean, unless you are nice to your friends can't see in the dark. I mean, that's true. Plus, there is only one other thing that I could potentially see this being useful for, and that's dark vision is notated that when you have dark vision and you are utilizing it, you are only seeing in shades of gray. Uh, You cannot discern color. So, dancing lights, if it were a thing where you had to know what color something was, the dancing lights cantrip will allow you to then see the color. But... That's very, again, kind of a niche situation that I still don't feel fits with the sub-race or the lineage. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I almost feel like giving them blind sight would be something because they get darkness. Can you see right. through darkness with blind sight? Uh, up to 10 feet. Because well, it's magical, it's... but magical darkness. Yeah, because Blondesight's yeah. not technically using vision. Yeah, yeah. You're, so I think that would be. Sense. Yeah, I think that would be good if they got, in addition to dark vision, ten feet of blind sight. Right. So that they could see through their own magical darkness. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, uh, that is a that is a a thing that I know me and Donnie have definitely discussed having a martial character that can utilize darkness and have blind sight, so you're not gaining disadvantage on your attack rolls, essentially. Yeah. Uh, uh, Donnie, Rob, do you have anything that stands out on the elf traits that you either like or dislike as far as what they have listed? Uh, Not really. I kind of like but dislike that no matter what class you're playing, you're getting spells? For the elf? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the regular elves are like that currently. They, oh, they all get? I don't know if all of them, but some of them definitely do. Most of them, yep. Um, and I know, like, with the high elves, you're not stuck with just, like, the prestidigitation cantrip. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can replace that one with a different cantrip from the arcane spell list. So... That adds utility to the high elves. Um, we'll we'll have to get there too because that's another change they made to spells overall. Is they they divided spells into I believe three trees essentially or three tiers. There's arcane spells, divine spells. I think they call them primeval spells, which are primal like spells. Primal yeah, spells. they're at the bottom. Yeah. So we'll 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 cover those as well. It's really sad for me because they've kind of just removed the whole Eldrin season thing. Well, uh, I, I mean, mean that could be that. I mean, again, this is just yeah. This is just a base like here are some changes that are being considered sort of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they would never drop you know Eladrins from anything. They're probably I feel like they're meant to just fit into the whole high, thing they've got going though. Uh, which, high elves. Well, yeah. the 
the interview that they did, they said that the the supplemental content will find its way into this. Right. I don't think they're going to narrow down 13 sub-races of Elf into three. Right. Is that, no, is, what I'm saying is I feel like Eldrin fits in what they're doing with High Elf on this description. Uh, like, right, that worries me if that was the case, because that is by far my favorite race. Well, I mean, if you're talking about like just like the history of the Eladrin, that's all... No, I like the mechanical things they added recently, too. Just oh. the, the differences between what season you're in. Yeah, I mean... You're not going to get stripped of that option in any of the games we play. So. Oh yeah, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, but um, all right, let's go to gnomes. Uh, here's our first one. They're humanoid. Size is small, about three to four feet. They do not have a medium option. Uh, speed thirty feet. Lifespan four hundred twenty-five years on average. And as a gnome, you gain these special traits. Dark vision out to 60 feet. Gnomish cunning. You have advantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws. Gnomish lineage. You are part of a gnomish lineage that grants you supernatural abilities. Choose a lineage from the gnomish lineages table. Forest gnome, the lineage of magic-filled forests. Or rock gnome, the lineage of primeval mountains. You gain the benefits of that lineage. Intelligence, wisdom, or charisma is the spellcasting ability for the spells that you cast with this trait. Gnomish lineages. Forest gnome. You know the minor illusion cantrip. You can also cast speak with animal spells with this trait. Uh, you can cast it with the trait a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. You can also use any spell slots you have to cast the spell. Rock Gnome, you know the Mending and Prestidigitation cantrips. Uh, in addition, you can spend 10 minutes casting Prestidigitation to create a tiny clockwork device. AC of 5 with 1 hit point, such as a toy, a fire starter, or a music box. Casting the spell in this way consumes 10 gold points worth of raw materials, strings, gears, and the like, which you provide during the spell casting. When you create the device, you determine its function by choosing one of the th one effect from prestidigitation. The device produces that effect whenever you or another creature takes a bonus action to touch the device and activate it. If the chosen effect has options within it, you choose one of those options for the device when you create it. For example, if you choose the spell's Ignite Extinguish effect, you determine whether the, de the device ignites or extinguishes fire. The device doesn't do both. Uh, you can have three such devices in existence at a time, and each one dismantles itself eight hours after its creation. You can also touch one of your devices and dismantle it as an action. After a device is dismantled, the ten gold points of materials used to create it can be reclaimed. So that's good. Um, those are yeah. all the gnomish features. Uh... I like the idea of like building one that just cleans people. So it's like, hey, you know, let's go take a shower or whatever. You go, you just use a bonus action, touch this little toy on a shelf, and you're just all of a sudden clean. Yeah, um, role play wise, it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I also very much like the uh, fact that you get your gold value and materials back so you can continue making these things using the same materials. 
mm-hmm. um, for the eight-hour durations. Um, but man, those saving throws. Yeah, I mean, getting advantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws. That's nice. Uh, moving on to halflings. Creature type humanoid, size small, about 2 or 3 feet. Speed 30. Lifespan 150 years on average. And you gain the special traits of brave. You have advantage on saving throws you make to avoid or end the frightened condition on yourself. Halfling nimbleness. You can move through the space of any creature that is a size category larger than yours, but you can't stop there. Uh, Luck. When you roll a 1 on the d20 of a d20 test you can re-roll the die and must use the new roll and naturally stealthy you have proficiency in the stealth skill uh, a lot of that seems the same so have they only redone the player's handbook races is that what I'm getting so far I think so far with the exception of I don't think there's like half orc or half elf yeah yeah, there's only two more. So, um, orcs are the next one. Humanoids, medium, about six to seven feet tall. Speed thirty feet. Lifespan eighty years on average. So same as a human. Uh, orcs have these special traits: adrenaline rush. You can take the dash action as a bonus action. When you do so, you gain a number of temporary hit points equal to your proficiency bonus. You can use this trait a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Dark Vision, out to a range of 60 feet. Powerful build, you count as one size category larger when determining your carrying capacity and the weight you can push, drag, or lift. Uh, and Relentless Endurance. When you are reduced to zero hit points but not killed outright, you can drop to one hit point instead. Once you use this trait, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Um, so the Adrenaline Rush one, they changed just slightly. Cause orcs, they nerfed it a little bit, didn't they? I, uh, well, I mean, you kind of almost get a buff as well, so I guess it's a give or take kind of thing. Because I don't think the one that the orcs currently have, I don't think, give you bonus uh, temp HP. Uh, the one currently is as a bonus action. You can move up to your speed toward an enemy of your choice that you can see or hear. You must end this move closer to the enemy than you started. Yeah, that's real nice. Yeah. So, it's better. <laughs> right. But man, not being able to die is really nice. Yeah, I mean, that's that was usually a half-orc thing, and they just gave it to orcs as a whole, I believe. It makes sense, I think. Um, and then lastly, we have tieflings. Uh, humanoid, size medium, about four to seven feet tall, tall, or small, about three to four feet tall. Chosen when you select this race. Speed, 30 feet. Lifespan, 100 years on average. And as a tiefling, you gain these special traits. Dark vision, when you out to a range of 60 feet. Fiendish legacy. You are the recipient of a fiendish legacy that grants you supernatural abilities. Choose a legacy from the fiendish legacy's table. Abyssal, associated with chaotic evil planes. Fucking Chthonic? Is that how you would say that? Uh, maybe. Uh, associated with neutral evil planes, or infernal associated with lawful evil planes. 
you gain the first level benefit of the Chosen Legacy starting at third. Uh, and again at fifth, you gain the ability to cast higher level spells. Uh, and it's much the same thing um, as all the other things. Uh, yep. Your Abyssal, so with your Legacies, the first one is Abyssal. At first level, you have resistance to poison damage. You also know the Poison Spray Cantrip. Third level, you gain Ray of Sickness. Fifth level, Hold Person. The Chthonic, uh, you have resistance to necrotic damage, and you also know the Chill Touch Cantrip. Third level, you gain False Life, and fifth level, Ray of Enfeeblement. Uh, and lastly, Infernal, you have resistance to fire damage. You also know the Fire Bolt Cantrip. Third level, you gain Hellish Rebuke, and fifth level, Darkness. Uh, in addition to those, you get Otherworldly Presence. You know the Thaumaturgy Cantrip. When you cast it with this ability trait, the spell uses the same spellcasting ability for your Fiendish Legacy trait. So it's just the opposite of our links. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, those are the those are all the races that they have listed down so far, as, as far as just, like, their... their you know, pre-release type thing just to get feedback. Um, yeah, and I mean, feel free to disagree. I think dwarves I, should be small. <laughs> well, dwarves should have a, a, a small uh, option. Uh, but option, yeah. I think that at least most of these have enough of an identity to not need the innate stat increase. Yeah, I gotta say, I came into this dead set that I wasn't gonna like it, but I I do now. I, I've completely been flipped since talking about it with you guys. But I know Webby has strong opinions about it, so. <sighs> I mean, yes and no, but for. For all the same reasons why I didn't care for the changes they made when they brought Tasha's out, you know, um, and like what Rob was saying at the beginning of the of the episode, you know, some races are, are in my opinion, they throw out you throw out D and D history, you know, um, ability score improvements have always been tied to the race of a character, right? Um, so. Am I 100% opposed to the change? No. But it is something that, I again, I feel sh needs to be playtested uh, and talked about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, if I had, you know, a, a, group of, a group of you guys saying, hey, we want to start a campaign and we want to use these new rules... I mean, I'll, I'm I'm willing to try, but um, it it is going to it is going to be a, uh, definitely a change in my opinion. Uh, I mean, for sure. What like what was their goal in all of these changes? Like, did they say like what their the so, outcome, what they thought it would do? I believe that. I mean, uh, above all, I think that the, the basest reason is probably inclusivity, because sign language is also a language now. See, in my um, world, it always was. 
Yeah, but like that, a lot of people were saying that you know everybody who knows a spoken language in my world knows sign language, but it's like an official thing. I be- I believe they are just trying to illustrate that you know just like with people, there are people that are strong and there are people who can't lift a gallon of milk, but they're still humans. So I think that's just the kind of thing they're going for, and they're moving it more towards like. Yeah, okay. We could already represent that without the change. I just I don't I don't agree with politics slipping into games, especially fantasy games. But I mean that's a different subject. Yeah, I mean I just, I just think that like as far like for the dwarf, for example, I think that dwarven toughness is more flavorful than plus two con. I mean, I yeah. get it. I'm, I think that what they the presented dwarves. is serviceable. I'm not saying yeah. I don't like what they've given. I'm just saying I feel like the entire change just wasn't... It shouldn't have been necessary in the way they're doing it. But it also makes sense that the stats are on the backgrounds. Now, this is where I'm curious, because now we're getting on to backgrounds. I'm curious as to why you feel that way. For the stats being on backgrounds? Yeah, I think... So, like, this is supposed to be what you did before you were an adventurer. So, it it stands to reason that you would have picked up some skills, and you would have refined your abilities in a particular area. And also, this, like, I know I, I do it sometimes, I know not everybody makes a character like this, but I wouldn't pick a non- plus race to be a particular class. Right. Because, like, I wouldn't make, like, when I go to make a wizard, I go, okay, there's two whole races that have an intelligence bonus. Anything else, I'm kind of shooting myself in the leg a little bit. Now, it's not significant, but it, it just feels weird, and I, I think that I don't know, this kind of opens it up, but then you can just say, okay, I was training to be a wizard, I have a plus two intelligence, you know, like, no matter who you are. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if you went with a non-intelligent, like, say you decided to be, oh, an orc wizard, it's like, oh, people are like, oh, it's rare, you're you're a wizard orc who decided to be a wizard, and now it's like, well, everybody can just be a wizard, so there's nothing significant about you being a certain... Well, I mean, type of wizard. Anybody can be a wizard now. Yeah, but like you said, it's rarer for races that don't have the bonus to be in it. Right. right. I, I feel like it's, you know, taking the the less optimal build route makes it more unique than than some of the additional features, I guess, sometimes. And I mean... I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, Rob Rob makes a good point, and I mean, I'll I'll try to argue the other side. So, like, nothing on orc is useful for a spellcaster. We can we can both agree on that. But so it would be rare to have an orc be a spellcaster, but you can have the background that you were a sage. So then you are getting. Like, it makes sense. Like, in Skyrim, the orc that works in the library at the college. Are we talking about 
current orcs or the new orc traits? I'm talking about this document. I would argue that almost everything on the orc trait list would be useful for a spellcaster. Really? The dash action is a bonus action, and you gain temp HP from it. Okay, true. Orcish, uh, <laughs> that other one where if you drop to zero hit points, you drop to one instead. Right. I mean, spellcasters are squishy by default. You gain dark vision. The only <laughs> thing that's not good would be the powerful build. Right. <laughs> Literally everything else would be great for a spellcaster already. Okay, I'll... I'll, I'll... I'll rephrase. Nothing <laughs> specifically is pointed towards being a spellcaster. Right, you're not gaining any extra spells, you're not gaining things like that. Yeah, okay. So now you can then either choose, I was a sage, I was studying to be a magic user and get the, the two intelligence from that, or you can, I'm an, I'm an urchin orc and I get the dex from that because I've trained to be dexterous. You still have the racial features, you know, orcs are determined if they get knocked down, they get back up. Um, you know, they they can sprint out this little bit of stamina to, to dash as a bonus action. But I think it's basically saying, like, not all orcs are dumb. Not all dwarves are... What do dwarves get? Con and dex? But, like... I don't know. I, I like that. Because the, the backgrounds right now, you could just not choose one and there'd be no difference. You lose a flavor like feature. Right. You lose two ability scores. Not ability in, scores. Uh, uh, two, two of your efficiencies. Yeah. yeah. But like... It's hard to describe. I mean, I'm seeing from both sides. I just... Right now, you pick a background for flavor and flavor only, and it, it, it gives you two skills. It's not flavor and flavor only, I just said. But it's it's just two skill proficiencies. And so usually some of the, and some of the background features are useful. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I just feel like... Well, let's yeah. let's talk about the background, the changes that they've made to backgrounds, so then we can discuss both how the backgrounds in, in the new system can go with, you know, the races versus how they do now. Um, right. So, with the background system, there are... Uh, <laughs> there are three three options to choose, I guess. Uh, you can either build a background yourself by using the rules in the build your background section, which I will say I am curious about. Um, sometimes you, you do when you have a list, you know, currently going through the list of the backgrounds, sometimes you just one doesn't seem to fit what you want to play. Um, second option, select a pre-made background from the sample background section, or thirdly, select a pre-made background from the sample background section, and then customize it with the rules of building your own background. Uh, no matter which background you choose, consider these questions, um, from your character's viewpoint. 
How does your background influence your current worldview? Do you embrace or reject your background? And did you form any relationships during your background that endure today? So, uh, background features. You get ability scores. When you determine your character's ability scores, choose two of them and increase one by two and the other one by one. Alternatively, choose three ability scores and increase each of them by one. Skill proficiencies. Choose two skills. Your character gains proficiency in them. Tool proficiency. Choose one tool. Your character gains tool proficiency with it. Uh, language. Choose one language from the standard languages and rare languages tables. I, I don't like this at all. Like, it, it, this version is basically, do whatever the fuck you want. No one can stop you. I am, so far, I am kind of with Rob on this. Uh, a feat, you gain first level feat, your character gains that feat. Uh... Equipment, your character gains 50 gold pieces to spend on starting equipment. The character keeps any unspent gold points as spare coin. Uh, ability score increases. There's a little snippet here. Uh, increases from elsewhere. Since 2014, characters have received ability score increases from several sources. Either from a race that has an ability score increased trait... Um, or from the ability score rules in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, Monsters of the Multiverse, and other books. If you make a character using one of those older sources and get ability score increases from it, the character doesn't also get the score increase from the background, unless you forego the older ability score increase to gain the increases from the background rules here. So, then we have some sample backgrounds. Uh... Do we want to go through all of these? We've been going for about an hour. Let's just kind of choose one. I mean, uh, there's new ones here if you want to look at those. Sure. We'll do a couple new ones and we'll do a couple old ones. How's that? Uh, is Artisan a new one? That looks new. Artisan is a new one. Yeah. All right. So Artisan, ability scores, plus two intelligence, plus one charisma, skill proficiencies, investigation, persuasion. Tool proficiencies, artisan's tools, one of your choice. Language, you learn gnomish. And feet, you get the crafter feet. Um, I think that's just a flavor paragraph. Mm -hmm. And then the equipment. Uh, equipment, you get an abacus, two pouches, artisan's tools, the same ones that you chose above, traveler's clothes, Merchant's scale and twenty-five gold pieces. Um, so mark down. Let me write down crafter feet so we can learn what that does afterwards. Um, let's see. There's also guide. Uh, guide is new. Cultist is new. Farmer is new. Uh, where's Farmer? Let's go Farmer. That's up left from the... Up left. Am I just missing it? From Guide. Go left to Gladiator and go up to Farmer. 
Oh, you're on D and D Beyond, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I'm on the PDF. Oh no, I'm on the PDF. Is oh, one... oh okay, it's, I see it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. right. Okay. Uh, ability score plus two Constitution plus one Wisdom. Skill proficiencies in animal handling and nature. Tool proficiencies in carpenter's tools. You learn the halfling language and you get the tough feet. Uh, equipment. Carpenter's tools, a sickle, a healer's kit, traveler's clothes, an iron pot, a shovel, and 23 gold pieces. Um, let's see. Let's do one that has already been one. Do they have urchin? I know there's several urchins. Uh, they do have urchin. There we go. So I know we have two players who uh, play urchin backgrounds. The ability score is plus two dex, plus one wisdom. Skill proficiencies in insight and stealth. Tool proficiencies in thieves' tools. Uh, language, common sign language. And you get the lucky feet. Uh, for equipment, you get a bedroll, a pouch, common clothes, thieves' tools, two daggers, a gaming set, and 18 gold. Um, I mean, it's flavorful. It, it is. But, like, so, like, depending on how you run the game or how the DM, you know, what the DM allows, the thing is, is you could choose, say, say, you know, you wanted to make, you know, you wanted to have the urchin background, right? But you didn't like the ability score that it gave you, but you liked everything else about it. Right. You could literally be like, okay, well, I like the plus two decks. I don't care for the wisdom. So then you could just be like, well, I'm going to change that to plus two decks, plus one con. Okay, so, and I I feel like Rob was going to say that too. Um, I think that's the DM's discretion then. If you can, if somebody can add it, I mean, obviously it would be dumb if you picked Urshan and then you said, oh, I want plus two int. You know, but like, if that person can explain why one con is relevant over one wisdom that might be permissible but you know let well yeah the justification would be like oh i have a 15 in my constitution score currently i'd rather have the plus one con to have that a 16 for the increased modifier i think it's on the dm to not accept that answer i mean that's fair but at the same time let me ask you this ryan mm-hmm. do you feel with enough time and thought Anything could be justified. Well, if your player came to you and said, I think it should be plus one con because this character grew up on the streets, so they were constantly outside in the elements, uh, you know, among the filth and dirt of, of being outside all the time, so they've. Their I mean, Im- fair. immune system has improved, is a better explanation than I want 16 and con. Now, I will say, I've DM'd Vamp. For both Donnie and Rob. And one of my big things in Vamp. Is that if I ever ask for a particular role. If they feel like they can present a case. Where they can roll something else instead. All they have to do is present that case to me. And if if they justify it. I'll allow it. And that's the type of DM I am. But I feel like this. I don't 
Yeah, I don't understand how they saying this is a nerf to min-maxers. Like, is this min-maxer heaven? Like, you could just build whatever bonus, starting bonuses you want out of this. Like, uh, I don't I don't like it at all. I don't like the build your own, like, I, I was fine until the build your own background. Shit. Uh, kind of the same. I, I'm, in, I'm on the same boat. I, everything else was convincing enough I was happy with it until that part. Now, as oh. a DM, I could sit there and say, okay, if we utilize these new rule sets, you have to choose from the predetermined backgrounds that are already made, like you do now, and you cannot change them. Then you have to kind of be careful with how you want. Then, then, then it's no matter. Of, then it's a matter of okay. Well, now I get to be whatever race I want to be, for once. You know, because I wanted to be that wizard, but I, you know, I really like orcs, but I can't be an orc wizard because they, you know, the plus two strength is lost on me. But now you're you're having to alter your background to try to find the background that gives you that plus two into intelligence. And then changing your story around t- to form around that background, I could see that being better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but literally, kind of like what Rob said, like if, like if if I wanted to make a thief, I could be like, well, my ability scores plus two in dex, plus one in intelligence, because I you know I want to be able to uh, you know uh, investigate properly. Uh, I want my skill proficiencies to be stealth and sleight of hand. I want proficiency in thieves tools. Uh, I want to know, you know, I already get thieves can't if I'm a rogue. So I want to know, you know, sign language. Sure. And then I want, you know, whatever tier one feat that most would be beneficial. It's, I mean, you're literally tailoring that background for your character, which is in my opinion, more than what you're able to do now for the quote-unquote min-maxers out there. Okay, what if... Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, I I understand where you're coming from. I mean, I still think that it falls on session zero to say, listen, if you try to fucking remake Urchin with plus two con, plus one intelligence. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Unless you can justify it, though. You know what I mean? I mean... It's just... it's This way, it's... it's, You're messing with a background instead of... Messing with a race. I think... With Tasha's, they were like, okay, instead of having racial ability scores... You can put your bonuses into whatever you want for that race, which is a which is a you know when they made that change, that was a change that I did not institute in my in my games. Um, Now they're saying, well, we're going to remove those bonuses from races altogether, but now your choice falls onto the backgrounds. So, but I think I still think it makes more sense that. You know, as an urchin, you would have honed your dexterity as a sailor. I will. You know. I, I will give you that to an extent. Um, I do agree that an ability score tied to a background does make more sense in certain situations. So, like for instance, you know, say you know we're both human in real life, right? Right. I grew up on a farm. Okay, mm-hmm. I chopped wood, stacked wood, threw bales of hay my whole life. 
So, in my opinion, I would have a plus two to strength. You know, if you didn't do those things, if you were more, uh, you know, computer oriented or, you know, really good at school, not saying that I was bad at school, but, you know, you might have that plus two to intelligence. And that's because of the way we grew up. That's because of our backgrounds. I do understand that. Right. But, yeah, but humans can already do that. But like, I get what you're saying. No, all this is within one race's limits, though. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't think that's a great comparison. My, yeah, exactly. But like my my opinion on it from a fantasy setting is the ability scores that were tied to the races. In my opinion, and I might be wrong are tied to the races because of how they grew up, because of how they were raised as those races. You know what I mean? So, like, the orcs had a very... they just Orcs in general are very war, brute mentality. Like, they... Not necessarily honor strength, but they respect strength above all else, you know? Right. Uh, so it makes sense that if an, you know, if, if an orc would have that plus two to strength naturally over say, you know, an elf, you know, you would, you would never want to be an elf that goes into an arm wrestling competition against an orc. Um, and that's just purely based off of, again, how you were raised and that, that can be justified as a background thing, but it's, it's a, civilization type thing in my opinion so like it does boil down in my mind anyway at least it always has um i mean you've definitely opened like i've agreed with several things up to this point and i mean i'm not i don't know i think it again it definitely needs play testing of course um i mean i'm not saying switch over to this this is better oh, i mean yeah. I, I, I'm just saying I think that the stat increases make sense on backgrounds. Whether you at the table allow customization or not, I think that it makes sense on the backgrounds. Because even if you are, like, what if you're an orc that grew up in in Faystar? You know, like, are, are who are you going to war against? You know, you might have just grown up in the lower ring of Faystar and you're just you have to be an urchin to get by. Right. You, but you're not lifting weights all the time. You're sneaking around. It makes more, it makes sense. I mean, you're not wrong. I think I mean, it makes sense to have stat boosts from both directions. Like your background gives you one, but there are also innate abilities just based on being a bigger, bigger, larger orc. I think what they are attempting to do with the races is, is to do that. I don't. I mean, I don't know that they've hit it yet. But like I said before, like the dwarf, instead of the plus two con, you have the dwarven toughness. I think they're trying, and they need feedback, and it needs testing, obviously. But right. I don't know. I mean, it's not perfect, but. Well, uh, let's quickly because we're a little over an hour. Let's talk about some of the changes they made to some of these feats. So there's a feat that I wrote down because we we read 
about one of the the backgrounds that that gave you that feat. And then there's there's two specific feats I know that I want to talk about. And if there's anything else that we want to bring up, we will. But let's start with the crafter feat because this was a new feat. It's a first level feat. There is no prerequisite. It is not a repeatable feat. I do like how they put in that, and they're they're differentiating ones. You know, if if you can take them multiple times, um, you are adept at crafting things and bargaining with merchants, granting you the following benefits: tool proficiency. You gain tool proficiency with three different artisans' tools of your choice. Discount. Whenever you buy a non-magical item, you receive a 20% discount on it. And faster crafting. When you craft an item using a tool with which you have tool proficiency, the required crafting time is reduced by 20%. If they manage to come up with a crafting system in D&D, right. that's an official... Like, here is a fucking set of rules for you guys to actually follow for once. Then I could see the a huge benefit of having this particular feat. Uh, as long as that crafting system isn't, oh, I want to make this item. Okay, it's going to be required downtime in three years. It's like, right, well, yeah. that's just that not... That 20% doesn't matter if it's three years wait time to do it. Right. Um, there are several DMs out there that do give players like years of downtime between things, but that is just not how I've ever played as a DM. Uh, it is very, you know, go, 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 go. Um, I play as, you know, you're, you know, you guys chose to be adventurers, adventurers. That is a profession in this, in, in the world, you know, uh, the world does not stop spinning and, threats will always start popping up and if you guys wanted specifically like hey we want a year off of downtime okay that's fine then i will justify and i will give you guys okay you guys tell me what you want to do in the course of a year and then i'll tell you how the world has changed in the course of a year (laughs) yeah so the option is always on the table if you guys want that downtime as a group, but there will be consequences. Um, but yeah, if they come out with like an actual crafting system, that's what I really want is just an actual crafting system. Yeah. That's not like, oh yeah, I'm going to bust out these legendary potions in like a couple hours while we're traveling. No. Okay. That's fine. You know, I don't care if you require a workshop, okay, have a base, have a workshop, you know, whatever this, you know, if, if, if crafting a very rare potion for an alchemist is going to take you five days to do, and that's, you know, working eight hours a day, that's fine. Okay. That, that can be worked around, but when you start getting into things like, crafting a magical item as a wizard okay that's going to take you four years yeah okay when are you going to ever be able to get around to that you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah i mean here's hoping for a crafting system but i like the feet i do too uh, i very yeah. much do if the, if the crafting um, system is worth actually using then the feet is fantastic, i can 100 percent guarantee you i see somebody abusing that feat <laughs> Not just for the crafting thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to go buy this sword over here from this blacksmith for, for yep. a 20% discount. Then I'm going to go sell it 
and hopefully get a better price to earn money doing that that way. Uh, that hey, I, I think there's specifically a thing in the DM manual where if you buy back an item or if, you, or if any item that you sell, you're supposed to buy it off of the players at a certain percentage discount of the actual value of the item because that represents having to resell it. So, oh yeah, hopefully that'll keep that in check. Um, so the two. I, I will go over and I'll I'll label I'll, or I'll list off all of the feats afterwards, but there are two specific feats I want to talk about. Um, I know I had mentioned at the beginning to specifically Rob, um, one of the feats I feel is potentially a nerf, and one of these feats is potentially a buff in my opinion. So we're going to start with the nerfed one, uh, Alert. This is a great feat now, currently. Um, I think right now it gives you a plus five bonus to your initiative. You can't be surprised as long as you're conscious. Uh, and you can't be surprised from hidden enemies. Um, the alert feat now, according to this, there is no prerequisite. It is not repeatable. You have initiative proficiency. So when you roll initiative, you can add your proficiency bonus to the roll. Which, yes at a point becomes higher than plus five, but not until you get a proficiency bonus of six, which isn't until like mid to high teens. Mm -hmm. Um, And then initiative swap immediately after you roll initiative, you can swap your initiative with the initiative of one willing ally in the same combat. You can't make the swap if you or the ally is incapacitated. Uh Uh-huh. I can see usefulness for this to an extent. Uh, I also don't see it happening super often. Yeah. I mean, who's going to be your willing ally? Right. And that, I mean, if you roll shit initiative, no one's going to want to swap with you, except for maybe the healer. If I take this as a, like a control wizard and somebody doesn't let me go first before everything spreads out, then that's a bad tactical error i think but right and if you are if you roll a high initiative i don't know why you would want to go slower unless it's like specifically like if i was playing like a martial character and i had this and like donnie was playing a control wizard it's like yeah okay you rolled shit let's swap you can do your control thing and then i'll run in afterwards later on and do my thing I mean, if you swapped after your turn, would you be able to take a second turn? And the other person just loses out on their turn? You you can only swap. you um, Immediately after you roll initiative, you have to make the swap. So before combat even starts. Yeah, but like, think about our combats where there's like 15, 20 enemies. Yeah. You're basically just asking another player, would you like to go a half hour from now instead? Right. Like, no, there is a lot yes of merit to, to letting. I will say, sometimes, like Donnie said, sometimes you want that wizard to go first because all the enemies are grouped up. You want to have that fireball in the middle or that slow fireball spell. slow, some um, kind of area hazard. Sometimes like, a lot. there have been times where I've played Thorn. I was I was specifically the party healer, and my initiative is insane. But there have been times where it's like <laughs> yeah, I. I really wish that I was last on the initiative order so that way when it did come down to me, 
maybe somebody had taken a hit so I can heal them. You know what I mean? And I don't have to waste my first round of combat trying to set up something that might fall apart the next round. Um, As far as the initiative proficiency, again, yes, alert right now gives you a flat plus five. This has the potential to be higher than that by one at high levels. You're starting off at a proficiency of, I think, two, depending on what level you start at. Mm -hmm. So you're starting off worse than the normal alert feat. But it's free. And you can still be surprised. That's true. But it is free. True. You can get it at level one for free, which, which is something. Yeah. And it is my personal opinion and the opinion of some other people online that they may potentially be separating feats and ability score increases. What do you mean by that? They haven't said anything specifically, but like, for example, right now, you hit level four, you can pick a feat with the variant rule, or you can do an ASI. Right. Some people think that it's going to split. So you would potentially get like an ASI at four, a feat at like six, or something like that. Gotcha. That'd be cool. Um... But, like, they'll all be tiered like this so that at a certain level you are limited to the amount of power that you can get from a feat. Right. And again, like, I'm curious if things... So these are... these. This list is just a list of first-level feats. Right. Okay, or, you know, first tier or whatever, however they want to do it. I am curious uh, if they are going to have a higher level version of some of these same feats that either add on to the feat to make it better Uh um, or just change the feat around to make it better at higher levels, uh, if that makes sense. I feel like it might be... At least for um, some of these, because like, like I could definitely see the benefit and like the, uh, I like the idea of being like okay, well, like savage attacker or something. It's like okay, this feat is is all right for a martial class, but like I really like the third level version of this. So you know you have to take the prerequisite of savage attacker first level and second level to be able to get to that third level one that really gets, you know, spicy. You yeah. Know? I think there may be ones like that because they did do um, the Unearthed Arcana for Dragonlance. Mm-hmm. There were feats like that where you were like a knight initiate and then a knight and then there was one after that. Right. And they built on top of each other and you needed the previous one. I do like do I do like that, especially for role play. Yeah, I like this. It feels like you're creating your own skill tree. Yeah, I, I and I've, I'm a big fan of skill tree things. Me too. Um, <laughs> Me too. Now, real quick, the other feat that I wanted to talk about that I feel like is a buff overall is the lucky feat, um, which I I'm not gonna lie, I found kind of strange that uh, out of all the feats, I really thought lucky was gonna be the one who gets nerfed. Because um, I do know and I have read stories of certain DMs who just don't allow Lucky in their game because of how good it is. Um, 
So Lucky is a first level feat, has no prerequisite, and it's not repeatable. Luck points. You have a number of luck points equal to your proficiency bonus. You can spend the points on the benefits below, and you regain your expended luck points when you finish a long rest. So already, the only time that you're going to be below what the current lucky feat gives you is when you're at that plus two proficiency, but the second you go up to plus three, which I believe is at like well, level five that you go up to a plus three proficiency bonus. I think so. So from then on, it's the same. Uh, advantage, immediately after you roll a d20 for a d20 test, you can spend one luck point to give yourself advantage on the roll. Essentially, that's just a different wording for what you're, what Lucky's giving you already. And then disadvantage, when a creature rolls a d20 for an attack roll against you, you can spend one luck point to impose disadvantage on that roll. That's strong. So again, that's it's the same thing that luck already lucky already gives you. It's just worded differently. It's essentially the one that the one that's in instituted now is you roll a d20 and then you choose which result they take. This one's just saying, okay, if you're giving yourself advantage, obviously you're going to take the better roll, so you roll the d20, you take the higher. Or if you're doing it yeah, against but... something that's attacking you, you roll the d20 and you're just you're forcing them to take the lower one. It's a little bit nerfed though, because you can currently you can roll the dice first and then decide to use a lucky point to re-roll. This you'd have to choose beforehand if you want to have advantage. You can technically still see the roll though. Well, with the current feat, don't you have to take the second roll? No, you get to choose, I believe. Well, let me see. Um, but I, I think that this is changed. Let me see. Um, you can spend it to roll an additional one. After you roll the die before the outcome is determined, you can choose. Yeah, so it, it's essentially, essentially the same, except for imposing disadvantage on someone else. But... I think that there's a reason that this is significant, and it's something that I thought we were going to bring up, but I don't know how how far we're going. Well, and it's the change to crits, but well, that's going to be the next thing I talk about after these feats. But uh, the bonus to this lucky feat in this edition is it's based off your the number of luck points you have is based off your proficiency bonus, which again yeah. at mid to high levels. Uh, in the teens, you know, you have a proficiency bonus of plus six, so you have double the amount of luck points that you would with the normal lucky feat. Right. So, um, I'm gonna quickly read through the ones that they have for feats. If if one, if you want to know what one is, just tell me to stop, and then we'll read that one real quick. Um, because I'm sure not all of you have this PDF. We've already talked about Alert. We've already talked about Crafter. Uh, we already talked about Lucky. There is Musician. There is Magic Initiate. There is Savage Attacker. Skilled. Tavern Brawler. Tough. And that's it. And that's it. I feel like Tough is the same as it was before. Yeah. 
I I would like to see Magic Initiate be a, a tiered one. I agree. It only gives you first level spell. It is repeatable though. Right, but I'd like Magic Adept, where you get maybe a third level spell. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, um Tavern Brawler lets you use furniture as weapons. Yep. And I already do that, Tavern Brawler. Oh yeah, you, but, you get proficiency in uh, improvised weapons, right? But this is using the rules of the Great Club. That is true. It, it does speci- <laughs> it does specify you can wield furniture as a weapon using the rules of the Great Club for small or medium furniture, and the rules for the club for tiny furniture. I think that's more damage. So, um. It also gives you a shove mechanic, damage rerolls, and enhanced unarmed strikes. Yeah. Um, your D20 tests, again, it's anything that you roll a D24. Um, right. Now, the thing that I want to talk about lastly, uh, we kind of already talked about as far as like the, the, the three... Schools of magic, well, not schools, because that's that's not the right thing. The three categories of magic: your arcane, divine, and primal. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the thing that Rob brought up to me the other day. I do not like it as a DM. It will never be instituted at my table. So, if any of you have any hopes and or dreams that one day I, as the DM, will not be allowed to critically hit any of you, keep dreaming. Uh, as of this, this change, uh, pretty much makes it where if a character crits, you can double the damage of the weapon die. What this means is, if I, if I remember correctly, if things like your sneak attacks won't be doubled, uh, divine smites won't be doubled. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just spell attacks in general won't be doubled. Um, unless it's specifically, like, if you crit on, like, a like a firebolt, will that double? I I, I believe it's only weapon. Okay, weapon so crits. Crits are yeah, only weapon spells attacks. Spells can't crit at all anymore. Yeah, spells can't crit. Um... If your weapon, if your weapon or unarmed strike has no damage dice... It deals no extra damage on a crit. But on the flip side, monsters can't crit you. The DM is incapable of critical hitting. All all a critical hit would mean for me as the DM is it's an auto hit. But they are giving... uh, They think they did this in the last... In the, the Monsters of the Multiverse book. They gave them recharge abilities that recharge on a 20. Okay. So I think that's where they're headed monster design-wise going forward, where they don't crit damage, but their ability recharges. But I don't know. Well, it's going to get real dangerous for you guys if if I have to use a monster template, and the only one that I have is the one that they come out with, and I still critically hit and double my damage dice for those and recharge their abilities because I rolled a 20. Yeah, it's going to get dangerous, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> now, the part of this that I disagree with is the 
if you roll a 20, the d20 test automatically succeeds regardless of any modifiers. That's fine in battle, but I was telling Rob before, as the DM, you now have to go, oh, you're trying to get the king to give up his crown to you. Yeah. You know, okay, roll persuasion. They roll yeah, 20. Because now the, the way king, this is worded, yeah. Yeah. Now the king has to be like, okay, well, I'm still not giving you my crown, but I won't behead you because I'm amused by your you're trying. Right. Yeah, that's what already happens, though. Like. But, yeah, but like, with this, you're, you know, your anal players have ammo to yeah, be like, that's yeah. so what it more arguments. <laughs> like, I, I said to him, like, oh, I want to crush the entire castle with my mind. You don't have any psychic powers, but I rolled a 20, so I succeed. <laughs> yeah. Which is asinine. Now, don't get me wrong, like, <sighs> okay, so, here's my flip on this. Also, real quick, before I get into my small tangent, this is going to, like, me and Rob talked about this the other night, and, and Donnie, you might have even been there. This is going to this is gonna negate items as a whole. Like, there's not going to be any need for somebody to get adamantine armor anymore. You know? Or some of those, like, uh, there's, like, certain necklaces where you can just turn, make a crit a not crit. You know, the, those items are just going to be useless now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. Again, it's that's this specifically. Even if we went through and we decided we're going to playtest this, I'm, I'm not removing the critical hit issue. Yeah. Um, now, my flip side to this. Now, here's my thing. This is mainly me justifying why I'm so adamant about not not removing crits as a DM. Yeah, I know it can get scary, and I know it can be very dangerous as a player, you know, when the DM starts critting you and stuff like that. First, it's already super fucking hard to die in D&D 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Second, I know it might sound... Like, I might sound like I'm... I've always liked to be the DM where it's like, alright, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll go with it, you know, sure, why not, let's do it. Um, but at certain times, like, I, I don't like telling players no. Or you can't do that. Or no, you know, whatever. But at some points, I, I do feel like I need to put my foot down on certain things. And my defense on that, and you guys have all been players of mine in various different games and systems even, I like to think that I'm a generous enough DM that when I make a decision to, you know, and I put my foot down of, no, this rule I am not instituting in any games that I run, that you guys will at least be semi-okay with it because I'm not out to, like, screw you guys over. I'm not saying, oh, well, I'm not going to remove my crits because I want to be able to crit kill you guys. But I think it adds, as a DM, I think it adds a level of threat towards the players that makes the game exciting. 
Like, why would you want to walk into a game where you know you'll never be critically hit? You know? If you want to have a power fantasy, I guess. I guess, but, you know, I, I like to think that I, I'm very generous with the items and stuff that I give out and the abilities and, and just the amount of homebrew stuff that I that I allow to happen. That I like to think that you guys have that power fantasy anyway. You know, to a degree. Yeah. Um, that's my defense Rob? as a DM, anyway. What were you going to say, Rob? I didn't say anything. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, as far as this document goes, I agree with the character options, because I think that you you should be able to not customize in a stupid way, like, you know intelligence on a, an urchin or like some some weird thing like that if you can't have a good explanation but i think that especially for me when i go to make a character like i could not pick a background when i made gray i couldn't pick a background because i i i ended up on i literally wrote his story into urchin because it didn't fit into anything else i was like okay well he's an urchin now but, like, there's a lot more generally named ones now where you can just be like, oh, farmer. He was a farmer. I also, he was, which would have worked. But I also am going to, I do miss, like, and I understand you're getting a feat with a background. Mm -hmm. And the feat's fine. You know, 99% of the feats are going to be, you know, purely mechanics and stuff. But like I do, I do like the current feet. You know the feature, the background features that some of the fe uh, backgrounds give you. Mm -hmm. Um, like that you just won't have anymore with these backgrounds. Um, there. You know, uh, I I just think they added like you know like the acolyte background currently. You get safe haven and, and room and board and essentially at, you know, any religious temple, you, you know, as long as they're not opposed to your religion or whatever, you know, you essentially can seek shelter. Uh, does that always come into play? No. Would a feat be more beneficial and used more often? Yeah, 100%. But it gives you a special feature that's unique to your character because of a background that you chose. And I'm, I'm kind of sad that they don't have that anymore. I would argue for that to still be included. I mean, that's fair. Because uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't change the power level of the character at all. I mean, that's so. fair. I, I, I would say if we ever did decide to play test this, um, to just try it out, and I DM'd, I most likely would just tell you guys, okay, choose from the backgrounds that are already pre-existing. They are not going to be altered, so tailor them to your character as you see fit. You know, if, if you want to be a farmer, that's fine, but you're getting what the farmer gives you. Um, after it gets play-tested through that point if I find that it's alright 
I would probably then be more inclined and a little bit more open to saying, okay, we can adjust certain things in the background, but on paper, without without actually testing anything, as far as the backgrounds go, I mean, I think I, I think this system the way it is 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 more customizable for min maxers than than anything i i am inclined to agree agree with rob on, on that aspect um but i mean it's also kind of ability score wise it's no more customizable than tasha's which still tied the ability score to a race but just allowed you to put points wherever you wanted. But there is a reason why I also didn't agree with Tasha's and why I didn't institute it in my games. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I will say, Ryan, I, 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 you have opened my train of thought of having ability scores tied to backgrounds as opposed to, to races to a degree. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say the door is like halfway open. I, you know, I'm I'm peeking in. I'm not going to just close the door on you on that. Uh, but I, I do think that there has to be some sort of some sort of give. I mean, I feel like this system is giving too much control and too too many options that the players can literally just custom tailor to make their perfect character, which I get, you know, you, you want to play a character, you want to be the best, you want to, you know, like you said, that power fantasy, but it's natural that characters have flaws. I feel like with this system, every character is going to be flawless. Like you're not gonna have that flaw unless you specifically decide to role play it. You know right. what I mean? I I see where you're coming from, and I think that I mean obviously there's people who are going to use it like that. I think that the the direction of these changes is more to the effect. Well, the, at least intended to be more to the effect of. Well. Maybe I want to be, you know, a, a, a wizard, but I like orcs. Right. But me being an orc is actively detracting from my ability to be a wizard. In the current system, you get nothing. I mean, the features, yes, but stat-wise. You're not getting, like, you don't need strength as a wizard so much. So you're you're taking a... You're losing points to be the same thing. Right. Coming from a... Coming from just a a general strength perspective. Right. But see, like, where a lot of people would sit there and say, that's not optimal, you're 100% right. In the current system, being a spellcasting orc, not optimal. But choosing to be a spellcasting orc... And hoping that your roles that you get, and you can put a decent role into your intelligence or wherever, 
uh, is it's a choice. It, it, it would be a character choice, and and to me, it adds it adds depth and character to that character. Right. Um, that's where I've always like I I get it from an optimization standpoint. It's 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 garbage, you know. But I feel like I feel like enough people. Okay, unpopular opinion here. <laughs> I feel like this whole thing is because enough people cried that their characters weren't optimal the way they wanted to make them. So Wizards is like, well, before you revolt and start picketing outside our front doors, we'll just give you an option to, you know, optional rules to satisfy your needs i mean maybe uh, i'll i mean i'm just going to be of the opinion that you're choosing to take the background so you're choosing not to do what the other members of your race may have trained in and right but i mean keep in mind in, too, you're like choosing this instead like as your life not so much as a right you know min-maxing aside. And I get that. And, like, just keep in mind, like, I am very old school. I come from a very, like, I come from playing older editions. Um, and and I come from playing various other games. Like, okay, I, I play World of Warcraft, you know? And there's an orc warlock in there. His name is Gul'dan. Uh, in the movie, he was essentially one of the main antagonists, you know? And this guy was hunched over. He looked like a cripple. He was an extremely powerful warlock. But you know what? He could still walk up to a human, grab him by the throat, and lift him up off the ground with one hand. Because because he was an orc still. Like, he grew up in that tribal, you know, state. You know, he was still strong. He was just by far and wide amongst the other orcs. He was he was one of the weaker orcs, unless he utilized his magic, you know, yeah. and he used that as a fear tactic, essentially. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. I think it's just a limitation of the yeah of the system, yeah, and that you know it's represented as a out of twenty. But like you said, you could like you have kind of sold me on the fact that like if you find a uh, like a cultist background, or like a a student a student background, or something like that. That give that did give you that plus two to intelligence for being a wizard, or you know that plus to wisdom for being a cleric or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does also make sense to me to have that. Um, I just I wish there was honestly a kind of a common ground where it was like. Even if it was like, okay, as a race, you're gaining these racial ability score improvements, but then based off your background, you can also get a plus one or whatnot to this ability score improvement, you know, to notate like you're a little bit better than average because of your background. Like, I wish there was that middle ground. Well, I think they would probably have to change. I mean, for the, I mean, obviously for the people who use standard array, that wouldn't change too much. But as far as rolling, it'd probably have to be 4d4 drop the highest or something like that. 
right. because you're you're ending up with extra points. Right. But I mean, I would. I mean, I would never ask anybody to change their campaign system. I was just being the other side. Oh, on this for shocking. sure. Because a lot of it's interesting. Yeah, and I mean, again, <laughs> like, I don't hate it. I'm just. You're taking a system that 5th edition was brought out because in 4th edition all of the power was in the player's hands. Uh, I, in 5th edition, fifth, when 5th edition came out, it, it put a lot of the power back in the DM's control, which it still is because, again, this is all optional stuff. It is not just, hey, this is the new what everyone is doing rule set. Uh, but I feel like it's just, it's again... At giving the some players I feel like it will be an issue for some players like some players will find a way to min-max around it and abuse the system I was coming around um, having a background tied to the, the ability scores until the create your own, then it's like, okay, well, yeah. this is just do whatever the fuck you want. Then I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. And I mean, again, I honestly that... feel like a lot of this, like several several times, I've thought these are all things that you just could have talked to your DM and probably got. Like it didn't need to be well, published and all that. I agree with you, and I think what they're doing is saying you can talk to your DM about this because it might not occur. I mean, we we know it might not occur to some people, right? But I, you know, if you go to your DM and you say, "I want to make a background that I was the king and I'm rich and I," you know, your DM is going to say, "No, that's stupid." But like, if you look at this, and then list, I can say, "No, the rules say I can make up my own background." So fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yep, uh, yeah, the, it, there needs to be the thing that says. Like some things, discuss with your DM to find what's appropriate. That needs to be there. But if you look at that whole list and you go, man, I really wanted to be a fisherman, you can work it out with your DM that you were a fisherman. Yeah. You know, like a lot of it's been like that. I think, you know, as far as the customizing an already pre-existing background or strictly building your own from scratch, I, the only way I think I'd be okay with that is if, like, if Rob came to me and says, hey, this is my character, this is, you know, this is kind of what I want to go with. There's not a background that, you know, covers this fully. So can we make one together? That way, as the DM, I can give the okay. And, and you know, whatever he ends up having as the background has my stamp of approval on it. And it's not just, oh, well, based off of the rules in the book, I'm allowed to have all of this. And you can't really say no. Yeah. You, uh, you know... That's that's what I'm saying. It needs that little parentheses discussed with your DM. Yeah. You know, at the DM's discretion. Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't think you should be able to make yourself God just because the book says you can make right a background. Yeah. No, I we we agree on that. Well, I mean, with those restrictions, and and as long as like 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 I said, you you've kind of you've opened the door for me. It's. <sighs> I agree with you 100% that a background does affect, you know, ability scores. They, they should. They should either add to it or, or whatever because, you know, everyone's background is different. You gain different things from it. 
I, it's just a very hard sell, and it's because I'm stubborn and I don't like change. It's that's 100% what it is. That I am just very stubborn on this race. Also, in a fantasy setting, should have these set ability scores as well. Uh, so I am on the fence. Like I, I like both ideas. It's just a matter of which one I utilize eventually. You know Would I mean? you accept them taking the plus one off the background and putting it on the race and leaving the plus two on the background? Uh, I mean, if it made sense for, like, so for, like, if, for instance, Acolyte gives you plus two wisdom, plus one intelligence. Yep. If I just made it, okay, Acolyte gives you plus two wisdom, uh-huh. and then Orcs get plus one strength base. Just being right. an orc gives you plus one strength. Right. And you wanted to be an orc cleric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that would be a again, it's 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 that meeting in the middle ground. Yeah, I think I, I'm fine with that also. Because I do feel like, especially in a fantasy setting, both things would affect those scores. Your background right. and your your upbringing. Like technically your upbringing is your background, but like like just like being a race, like naturally, like a, like Rob said, a Goliath. A Goliath is half a giant. They're obviously they're naturally going to be stronger than a gnome, right? You know, um, and again, that is somewhat represented by having the powerful build mechanic built into that race. But you know, I don't know having it. <sighs> having it represented with an actual plus to an ability score just for being a a race puts my mind at ease a little bit on the whole thing, I guess. Yeah, it's simpler. I'll be back in two seconds. Yep. So, I do see... I see this whole thing... Again, it's optional. So it's not that I'm mad that it's all out here, or I'm not going to be up in arms about all this bullshit because it's all optional. You know, it's, if I'm the DM in in the, in the game, I I get to decide what gets chosen. And if all of these options are so widely like interchangeable and what's the word customizable, who's to say that I can't do something like Oh yeah, your background's going to give you a plus two to an ability score, but races are going to give you plus one to an ability score as well, based off of what race you pick. So the only ah, see now I have a fucking problem with that because <laughs> then you could just find a background and say say I gave like an elf a plus one to dexterity because you're elves. And then you find a background that gives you plus two to dexterity. Now you're starting off a character with plus three to dexterity. Mm-hmm. I think if that's the case, then whatever the plus two, you know, dexterity background it is that you chose, I would say, okay, instead it's going to give you a plus one. It should always be capped at plus two and plus one or plus one over three different scores. I don't think anything should ever be higher than a plus three. Or plus two, rather. But. uh, Alright. I mean, I think that's all 
the stuff I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, there's some minor stuff like changes to long rest, like bank, but it's it's not. Oh yeah, how they they made it where you can only you can only have a maximum number of long rests per 24 hour period or something like that. Uh, but also. If there's a combat at all, it completely interrupts the long rest, and you have to start over. Only... I thought there was something about that. It says, if a long rest is interrupted by combat or by one hour of walking, casting spells, or similar activity... The rest confers no benefit and must be restarted. However, if the rest was at least one hour long before the interruption, the creature gains the benefits of a short rest. Hmm. So a six-second combat wakes you up and you got to start over. Well, that's a nerf. That is a nerf. That is <laughs> nerf, a nerf. Yeah. What it is. <laughs> Because currently, as you're allowed up to one hour of interrupted rest, and still gain the benefit of a long rest. Huh. All right. Well, we're at a fucking almost two hours. Jesus. So we're gonna sign off there. Uh, Rob, do you have a science corner this week? Uh, a, yes. A black hole somewhere shit something out and NASA caught it on tape. Well, that it? That's Webby's science corner. Nope, that's kind of interesting. No, that's not good enough. What's your science corner? You're <laughs> a science guy. Uh, I had a couple of them. I'm trying to remember. Um, I know one of them Apple sent me was that uh, they now can make wood in a lab. I don't have to uh, grow it. I just make it. Oh, I remember what the other one was. There's now, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but they discovered a new material that is, it conducts electricity and heat better than silicone. So they can make even smaller, faster microchips with it. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I don't remember what it was either, but I saw that. It was recently discovered by MIT. They created it in a lab. But it, uh, it'll speed up computers even faster as they can find a way to make it cost-effective. Yep. Sorry. Last thing I heard was wood in a lab. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, why is my volume down now? Hello? Hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. Yeah, Rob was just talking about how they discovered a new microchip material, potentially, that could make them better. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's... The silicone isn't that great at... at uh, Conducting heat, which is why computers need huge fans and stuff. This does both. It, it's faster at conducting electricity, and it does heat like ten times better. Uh, so it can 
It's called cubic boron arsenide. Okay. And there's enough of that stuff. Is that is that like a natural thing, or is that like a man-made thing? It's man-made. They just created it at MIT. <clears throat> well, it is the. It says the early experiments demonstrated that thermal conductivity of cubic boron arsenide is almost ten times greater than that of silicon. All right. It is still incredibly hard to make, though. Yeah, so they have to make find a way to make it cost effective before they can put it into like a billion microchips. But yeah, all right. Uh, we don't have a Devin, so we don't have a life advice. My life advice: keep on trucking, people. That's that's all I got for life advice. I don't have any fortune cookie life advice. Have you? Oh. No, I'm not going to get on that tangent. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, all right. Well, with that, Ryan, where can people yeah. follow you if they want to come and message you and, and hang out? I mean, I guess you could find me on Twitch at Crimtastic. Maybe I'll stream eventually. Hopefully. I miss watching Hopefully. you play games. I'm sorry. The last game that I was really looking forward to ended up being it made me mad. So, are, well, even are you ready? Even after the Pokemon thing, I really wanted to play that Lego Star Wars game, but like, there's no FOV settings. I can only play for a half hour before I have to stop or throw up. So oh. it's like, <laughs> I mean, are all uh, the Lego games like that, or just the Lego no. Star Wars? No, they they changed the camera on this one. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, where can people find you? You can find me at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word. Why, every single time. You know, <sighs> Rob, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And as always, everybody, if you listen to Donnie, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word. On Twitch at DM Webby. Um, and I don't know other social media platforms. Also, simply unprofessional. Uh, I don't know how Facebook stuff works. Facebook.com/slash simply unprofessional. Maybe I don't know. We have a Facebook page. I post stuff on on there sometimes. Usually memes, sometimes quizzes. Uh, all right. Well, with that, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we love you and fuck Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. FBG FBG I love singing over the outro music. Oh yeah. It's all these small flies. SU has a porno theme. <laughs>